tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 73. You know, I think all of us have experienced wilderness seasons, times when we feel really dry and alone, places and situations that make us believe that God is somehow out of reach. But in today's episode, you're going to discover that God is the God of the wilderness, and you do not journey alone. I'm excited to have Lauren Chandler with us today. She's a pastor's wife, a worship leader, an author, a mama, but most of all, she is a Jesus girl, you guys. And I can't wait for you to listen in on our conversation. Well, I have been looking forward to this conversation for quite a while. We tried to connect back in May or June, and for whatever reason, the Lord didn't allow us. But now, now I've gotten to spend time with Lauren Chandler. She has a wonderful study called With Us in the Wilderness, and uh, that's actually how I came across Lauren, and I fell in love with her in the video series. But you guys, she's even better in person. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the living room, Lauren. Thanks for having me, Joanna. You are so kind, and I could say the same things about you. I love just getting to know you for a little bit, and I just, I see a friendship blooming. So thanks for having me. Well, that means a lot because, you know, I, I just loved just the beauty of your study that just the grace that laced every word. Mm. Um, and you're you're talking about a stuff that isn't all that easy. In fact, when I looked at your study and I, I saw that it was a study of the book of numbers, I'm like, oh my word, oh my word, because I have to just confess, I, you know, I've started to read through the Bible in a year mm-hmm. several thousand times, mm-hmm. even though I'm not that old, thousand years old. And <laughs> I always have trouble with the book of numbers, and yet you've unpacked it in such a way that it comes alive. Can you tell us, like, what was the process that brought you to to want to write this study? Yeah, um, I know. It's just not your typical Bible study, you know, that you pick up at the the Bible bookstore or whatever. Um, and that's why I tried to make it real pretty because, you know, I had to do some marketing a little bit for numbers. Um, uh, no, but seriously... I was reading through the Bible, like like you said, I've started reading through the Bible thousands of times. I know I've read all parts of the Bible, um, but it has only been recently that I re- read it cover to cover, like consistently, because um, it, it does, it gets hard in different spots and um, they're just different interruptions or sometimes the Lord would just like turn my attention to something else and um, through one attempt at reading, um, uh, he turned my attention to numbers and I started reading it. You know, the, there are a bunch of names and numbers from the census and I'm like, what is this? But I powered through and I came upon story, uh, upon story tucked into numbers that just resonated with me. And then I'm just a really curious person. And um, if you're a strength finder person, my number one strength is input. Like I, I love Google. It's like my favorite because I can just <laughs> research like all day. I can get totally lost in uh, researching something totally random. So I was like, you know what? There's, I feel like there's probably more here in numbers than meets the eye. And, um, and 
one of the first things I noticed is that numbers actually in the Hebrew scriptures is called in the wilderness. And I thought, you know what, that I can identify with that. Um, and I know we aren't, you know, the number one rule in studying your Bible is not to read yourself into it first, you know, but to just read about, okay, this is a story about God. And what does it say about him? What is his message? What's the message to the original audience? And then what does it have to do with me? What is he saying to me personally? What can I take from this? Um, but, you know, I was like, being in the wilderness, I can identify with that. And so um, I just started started reading it, digging a little deeper. And then I had written a Bible study with Lifeway uh, a few years before that called Steadfast Love. And it's um, on Psalm 107. And so I was having lunch with the Bible study ladies one day. They were in town filming uh, a friend. And they said, so do you have any ideas on your next Bible study? And I said, well, is anyone writing one on numbers? And they said, not that we know of. And so I was like, I'm really intrigued. And and so, um, you know, we came away from lunch, no real plan. But then after that, I kept seeing these um I don't know, just prompting of the Lord, just little reminders of, hey, this might be like breadcrumbs, like, hey, this might be a good thing uh, for you to do. And uh, there, were, I can remember one day in particular, it was just like, he just, it was like a big sign, literally, it was a sign on the back of a Jeep. Um, those wheel covers on the back of like a Jeep Wrangler. I was behind one on the way to coffee with a friend and it said, not all who wander are lost, which I've seen that, you know, especially if you live like in a mountain town, you've probably seen that a lot. Um, and so I thought, huh, that's interesting. That makes me think of the wilderness and numbers and, you know, um, God's people wandering in the wilderness. And then I had, I got to the coffee shop where I was meeting my friend and she was kind of in the midst of a wilderness. She was on her way out of it. I mean, she, she felt like she was finally kind of um, coming out of the disorientation. And um, we talked a lot about that and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Like the wilderness, it's, it's something that we're all, um, prone to walk through, not and usually not once in a lifetime, but several times in a lifetime. And so it was real, um, it was a sweet time with her. I was so grateful for her vulnerability and, um, and I learned a lot from her. Um, and then on my way home, a different Jeep Wrangler had a wheel cover on the back that said, not all who wander are lost. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. Um, and so uh, the Lifeway ladies contacted me again, probably like nine months later and said, hey, are you, are you ready? Do you really want to do this? And so I said, yeah, I think so. I think I'm, I think I'm supposed to do it. And uh, that's, that's how it began. Wow. Wow. You know, I love the message because I I think that we just tend to believe that if we're in a wilderness, we've done something wrong, that God's kind of, you know, like stepped back from us mm -hmm. and he's kind of leaving us to our own. But, you know, I, I keep thinking of even when Adam and Eve had to be barred from the garden, God followed them. God's love followed them. And, and even though the Israelites ended up in the wilderness, of their own choosing because of unbelief, God still followed them. And sometimes I wonder if God isn't, at least in my life, it seems like even 
at those times where he feels farthest away, sometimes that's where he's the very closest. Absolutely. What did you discover through your study? Yeah, um, that was one of the things that um, was surprising, but not surprising because you can see him uh, throughout scripture, always dwelling and desiring to dwell with his people, like from the very, from the very beginning in Eden, you know, um, to choosing Abraham. And then, um, in, in numbers where he has the tabernacle, well, in Exodus, he, he gives it instructions for the tabernacle. Um, and in numbers, we see the tabernacle, um, built and we see the, um, that it is, uh, where God meets with his people, in particular where the, the Levites come and the high priest uh, Aaron and his sons come to offer sacrifices and worship, um, but it's also a symbol of God's presence with them in the midst of the wilderness. And, um, and, and what struck me was even though this group of people, I mean, they're like the worst to lead. <laughs> <laughs> they murmured, they complained, they rebelled, they tried to like overthrow Moses and Aaron's positions. They wanted to go back to Egypt, find someone to lead them back to Egypt because they were done, you know, with God's plan. And and while they did, many suffered the consequences of their rebellion. The Lord did not remove his presence from among them. He kept the tabernacle in the very center of their camp. Um, he, the, the, cl the cloud of his presence and the, like the cloud and the fire to lead them was still with them. And even though only a couple made it from that first generation out of Egypt through the wilderness, the children got to enter the promised land. And so, um, and the Lord was with them all the way. And so I think that struck me that, um, even in the midst of our wilderness, like you said, when God can feel far away, his presence is not far away. Um, and his, he, and it takes, it takes faith to believe that too, and trust in him that God, I believe that if I continue to trust you, that you are still there even when I cannot feel you, even when my circumstances do not make sense. And my circumstances would tell me, you know what? He's forsaken you. You might as well just like do life your own way. He's not there um, to realize in the wilderness he is there. And um, I think it's a, it, it is, it is a time where your faith is strengthened because it's really put to the test um, because you do have to trust God. You, I believe that you, you are who you say you are, that you will do what you say you will do, that you are here. Even when I can't feel you or see you, I think about that worship song. So I'm a worship leader too. Um, that says, um, you know, where even, even when I can't feel it, you know, you're working. Yes. That you, um, that is faith. You know, it's, it's the thing we can't see, but we're like, I believe you, God. And so I think, you know, the wilderness is such an opportunity for us to see in scripture, how the Lord did not forsake his people in the wilderness. He won't forsake us in our wilderness and to believe that and trust him. Um, and then I have our faith uh, strengthened and deepened uh, as we come out of it. Hmm. That's so beautiful. I love that you kind of take us back to Genesis and Exodus and you kind of get us set up for the book of Numbers and God's dealing with us. Um, it, it's it's just laid out so well. What 
if there was one thing that you feel like has stuck with you from mm. this study that has become kind of a personal truth for your, for your mm. own life, what has that been? I think it is that um, wilderness seasons will come and not to fight against it, um, but to to see it as, okay, God is trying to reorient something here. Um, because another um, important piece of the um, of numbers is how the Lord had the camp set up where the tabernacle is at the very center. Then you have the Levites. They're encamped in a certain way around it. And then you have all the tribes there. So almost like um, concentric circles where they are placed at a certain part of uh, around this tabernacle and that tabernacle being, you know, the, the presence of God, where God meets with man and also seeing that as kind of our life where, um, the center of my life, my, I, my, my identity, my being, all of my life has to be centered on, on him, on who he is, on what he said is good and right and beautiful. Um, and then to order the rest of my life out of that. And so a lot of what times when I'm in the, find myself in the wilderness, um, a lot of times it's and this isn't every time personally, but a lot of times is something's out of whack there where maybe my primary identity, what my whole life is focused on is maybe my husband that, okay, if, and I would say early in my life and my marriage, it was, it was like, okay, if Matt's happy, then I'm okay. And I'm good with God or, okay, if my kids are okay, well then, um, you know, my life's good. And, and so when things aren't good with my husband, my life falls apart. When things aren't good with my kids, my life falls apart. Or if I'm just trying to be the center of everything and I mm. want life to just revolve around me and I want to be the one, you know, trying to hold everything together, um, the wilderness disrupts that for me because I feel, feel disoriented. I feel out of control. Um, I feel desperate in a lot of ways. Um, and, and the Lord's like, that's because you got it backwards. Yeah. And, and it's not until you remember that I hold things all together, that, that whether your husband is pleased with you or not, um, it, it's my, it's our relationship, like mine with the Lord. Now, <clears throat> If things are going wrong in my marriage, it's a good like indicator. Maybe something's off with my relationship with the Lord that doesn't define my standing with God. Same thing with my kids. And so it's, um, I think personally what I took away from numbers was I'm a very visual person. And so when I started thinking about how the Lord had the camp set up, I was like, oh my gosh, it's these kind of concentric circles. And I have a friend, um, actually, uh, Christy Knuckles, who's written a whole book on <laughs> the life you long for. I love her. And the Lord actually had given me that picture of these concentric circles for her, but I've seen him use them in my life. And a lot of the message that the Lord's given to Christy has personally, I've personally benefited from. And so when I saw that kind of show up in numbers, I was like, of course, God, of course, you know? Wow. And so, um, I think, personally, that was a, it, it recalibrated, uh, just things in my heart, my life. And, um, and what's interesting is as I wrote numbers, 
I didn't realize it until I looked back. Um, I knew things were hard, but I didn't, I just thought things were hard, but probably starting in 2018, um, just a lot of discontentment, a lot of hard things in, um, in our family, in our church, and then kind of in some other ministries we're involved with. with. And I was like, I don't, it, it was a wilderness. Now that I looked back and I was writing this Bible study in the midst of going mm. through all that. And I, I didn't see, I thought I'd kind of been out of the wilderness by the time I started writing it. But now that I look back, I was like, no, 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 I was, I was still in it. Mm. Um, but I thought, Lord, you're so kind to give me something to make, to uh, kind of anchor me that I wasn't, I wasn't wandering endlessly, but that I was, yes, in the wilderness. I was, I felt like I was wandering a bit, but like his eye was on me, his presence was with me. And I was, I was tethered to his word. And, um, and I look back, I'm like, okay, now I feel like I'm on the other side of it. Mm. Um, and anyway, I just, I'm so grateful for how the Lord just ordained that for me personally. Um, uh, and when I didn't even know that I needed it as desperately as I did. <laughs> Isn't he good? So I, good. You know, I was, I've just been thinking about this, I actually journaled about it this morning of, of what a gift it is that he allows me to come to the end of myself at yes. times, right? Yes, you know, absolutely. like I think I've got my little world all together and then he just allows a dismantling because as you were talking about those concentric circles, you mm-hmm. know, the presence of the Lord and then the Levites, it made me think, you know, we're both pastor's wives yes. and our lives are so centered around God, but let me put quote unquote, yes, right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes we can fall into this idea of, well, of course I'm centered in the Lord, <laughs> not realizing that, no, we're sort of living in the Levite circle. Yeah. You know? And yes. we're so busy for Jesus. So how have you, how have you come to where you know, our time with the Lord isn't about what we're going to give out. It's not about the next Bible study we're mm-hmm. going to write, or even the worship that we're going to lead on Sunday, mm-hmm. or the Bible study we're going to teach. It's really just about you and Him. How have you gotten to the center circle rather than living in that peripheral of ministry? Yeah. You know, I think it's looked different in different seasons for me and where I've been spiritually. Um so I tend to be a perfectionist, like I want to do it right. I want to get it right. And um, so I would say early, early on in like marriage and little kids, um, I I felt like I had to do my Bible study and I had to read the Bible and I had to check it off and I'd know it, I was okay with God if I did that, you know, mm-hmm. and, but then the Lord just did this disruption um, and he, he used actually my, my bed, making my bed as like a real life example of, if this is what I'm doing in you, Lauren, I felt like, and I still feel like this to this day, if my bed's made, I feel like great. Like I can, I can conquer the day. At least my bed is made. At least some part of my life is tidy. Okay. You guys, listen, she's giving you the secret to life. You guys. <laughs> What? It does help. It does help. Yeah, I agree. But I realized I was trying, it was like more of a, a desire to control things mm. than it was like um, 
than it was like doing it with the Lord. It was just me doing it. And, and so I felt like that related to even my spiritual life mm. where, okay, I, I'm doing it, God. Look, I'm pleasing you. I'm doing the right things. But I would in- inevitably fail. I mean, I was not perfect. I was still, you know, prone to sin and my flesh. And, um, but, um, it was interesting. I was in a group of, of women. It's probably one of the most formative groups of people, uh, uh, groups that I'd ever been in. And we were all young, young, young mamas. We all had babies and carriers. We would get together. I think we'd talk about one verse and then everybody would just cry and share what was going on. <laughs> and the woman leading it was just a little bit further down the road. And she had a counseling background too. And she loved Jesus and loved God's word. And so she just ministered to us and we got to minister to one another. It was so good. And I remember, I think it might've been my leader, Mari saying, you know, what would it look like to have the bed unmade, Hmm. you know, and let it just for a season be undone and you be okay with that. Yeah. And so for a season, I did not make my bed. And it was a reminder of, hey, you don't have to come to me with it all together. I want you to come with to me undone and be okay with that. And then at some point, we'll make the bed together. Hmm. And um, I actually went through Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. for just my perfectionism and, and uh, people-pleasing and... Um, and that was life changing for me. Um, and then, you know, so now I make my bed. And so, you know, so like spiritually, I didn't wake up every morning and read, was in the Bible for 45 minutes and prayer for 45 minutes. You know, it was just all along the day, remembering his kindness to me. Yes, I was still in his, his word, but it was what I could do for where I was then. Um, and I, and knowing the gospel that, okay, Jesus, you, you love me, um, no matter what I do, <laughs> you know, that your grace, that's what grace, your grace is sufficient for me. And that will change me. I don't have to change to come to you, but your grace and love will change me where you'll change my desires where that's where I'll, what I'll want to yes. do. Yes. And so, um, and so early on, that's what it looked like. And then as my kids have gotten older, and as I've just grown, you know, mm-hmm. um, I I usually wake up in the morning because my kids um, are usually asleep. Uh, they only go to school like two to three times a week because of how our school works for a university model. Um, and then they do homeschool the other two days of the week. And so I get to get up before they, they do at not too early of an hour. And I, I kind of, um, I just sit there and I usually, um, I pause, I breathe and I pray. And that's at the beginning of every day's homework in my, um, in my study and I ask the Lord to meet me there. And I, I spend, I read his word and, um, I kind of tuck some things away. Sometimes I'll journal, I'll pray, um, and so that's that's kind of the good chunk. But then I just try to stay connected to him for the rest of the day. That mm-hmm. doesn't always happen. <laughs> but like just to be aware of his presence. Lord, where are you doing? Um, if, you know, something kind of rubs me the wrong way. Okay, God, what's going on there? So that's what, you know, my walk looks like right now. And I know that could change. I mean, it's going to be probably pretty similar for quite a while, but um, that's what it looks like for me. Mm, I love that. I love that. 
You know, one of the things I've been meditating on a lot about the wilderness is the pillar of fire and the pillar mm. of cloud. You know, they thought they were wandering in the wilderness. And if you tracked their their trail, it looked like wandering. Yes. But they just had to keep their eyes on the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. You know, it was the Lord that was leading them. Right. And, you know, just that idea, um, you and I were talking before, and we'll get to this a little bit, but I had a chance to film a Bible study in Israel. Mm. And the pillar of cloud took on a whole new meaning because it is blistering <laughs> hot. Yes. <laughs> it's so hot, oh, yeah. especially in the wilderness. And to think about that, that God wants to be the shade at our right hand. You know, yes. That, that yes, we're in the wilderness. Yes, we're walking through difficult times. But, but if we'll just stay, just, you know, like I keep thinking, I don't want to live from the shadow of my fears. Yeah. I want to live from the shadow of your presence, you know, Amen. and that, yes. And at night when the desert gets cold and, and it's brutal, the pillar of fire is there to warm me. And, yeah. you know, I think to realize that he is the God of the wilderness, just as much as the God of the promise and the God of the temple and the God of Israel, you know, he's, he's in the wilderness with us. And, and I think, but we have to be willing to be undone sometimes mm -hmm. to get to that place where we see him in those, in those times. So I just appreciate just so much this Bible study. What are you hearing from women who've been walking through the study? Um, the most thing, uh, what I hear the most is, I can't believe I'm doing a Bible study on numbers and I actually <laughs> am enjoying it. <laughs> that is probably the resounding comment on um, the study. Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, women's Bible studies, I, I think are great. And then I, I think, and I've heard this before, and I'm not, I think what can happen is we can maybe pander a little bit towards our more relational, emotional side, which is, you know, I, that's, I'm like that. I, I love relationships. I want beauty and pictures and all that. Um, but I, I think we can be really good students of God's word too. And, um, and that we can be challenged you know, a little bit more academically. Um, yes. And I, I think that's good for us. Um, and I think it's, we get to bring kind of a feminine approach and view to scripture um, that's, that's great and needed and beautiful. And, um, and, and so I, I love that women are getting into a book that was possibly a little bit obscure right. and maybe intimidated us. Um, and so I love that women are getting into a, an old Testament book that <laughs> is not typical, um, but finding, finding Jesus there yes. and find like the Holy Spirit's working through the word that he inspired, that he illuminates, um, and I think most women can identify, I think they find comfort in the fact that they're not the first ones going through wilderness, that God's people went through the wilderness right. um, and that God was with them and that you, you could, the wilderness will not last forever. You will make it out. Um, 
And so I think, and, and two, it's a warning where mm-hmm. you see where God's people were stiff necked and wanted to go their own way and do their own thing and not trust God and put their fist up at the sky, you know, um, and just to remind you, Hey, this, he is still a holy God, mm. um, who loves you and, um, and, and don't be obstinate, but mm. trust him. And that doesn't mean you don't ask your questions because that's the thing. Moses, he brought a lot of his complaints to the Lord because he right. was having to lead some really stubborn people. And, uh, he, it's not that he didn't, complain. It's not that he didn't complain. It's just where he took his complaints. He took them to the Lord instead of just kind of murmuring to everybody else. And, um, yeah, I, yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, the thing that, that I like is, you know, we're told in scripture that all scripture (laughs) is useful. And so Thank you for making numbers approachable and and to look at it through a different lens. You know, mm-hmm. I was thinking about just all of the details for the tabernacle and building a project. And you and I, um, I shared that I came across your study because I was doing some research for um, my own video study that is going to come out next August and just asking the Lord, you know, I have this vision in my mind, but what is that? You know, I don't know exactly how to do it. And then literally the Lord, I'm just telling you, Google, you must be really good friends with Google because somehow Google read my mind and gave me your study. And it it was so much what I had envisioned, um, at least kind of with the tone and the look. Mm -hmm. Uh, You actually came to my home state of Montana to film this study. And I I love how, like you say, sometimes we need beauty to help us assimilate the idea of the wilderness. But it it is a costly project. It it takes a, a lot of work to put together a Bible study. And you were just kind of sharing about your journey and a moment that you had with the Lord. Can you share that? I would love to. Yeah. Montana is beautiful. I love being a Texan because we have this Texan pride, you know, (laughs) Uh, but I would, I would not be mad to be from Montana for sure. It was gorgeous. And it was one of the most, um, wonderful and hard experiences of my life. And you're like, oh, you're recording a Bible study. How hard can it be? But just the elements, Uh the wind, um, (laughs) and I had memorized all my talks and um, it just, we're up early, we're, you know, out late. And so not a lot of sleep, not a lot of rest. Um, And, and like my husband is an incredible speaker. I mean, he can just, you give him like, 15 minutes noticed and he can pull a sermon out of his hat because he's been preaching for a long, long time and he's just really good at it. Meanwhile, you know, when that's your spouse and that's who you're kind of measuring Mm -hmm. yourself against, (laughs) it's a little intimidating that Matt Chandler's your husband, you know? And so uh, I don't feel as comfortable speaking. So, I mean, it is just playing into all my vulnerabilities, all my insecurities. Um, And, but, but it was so rewarding. So on the last day, we had hiked up this mountain called Desert Mountain. And um, I had recorded some promotional material, 
like on the first day. And so in my mind, I was like, check, done. Don't have to look at that again. Don't have to think about that again. And then um, uh, the producer was like, hey, this is like the perfect shot. You've got like the layers of mountain behind you. It kind of, the colors are real close to like the, the cover of the Bible study. Let's just, why don't you try to do the promo material again? And I just finished, I don't think I'd finished the very last session. I think I had one more session to go, but I looked at the camera and I, I would say, hi, I'm Lauren Chandler. And and I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else to say. And I said that probably three or four times. And finally, my like my shoulders just slumped down and my head dropped. And I, uh, the producer's like, okay, let's just let's give her a second. And so um, I turned around uh, to see the beauty that had been behind me. And I mean, it was just the perfect morning, like mm-hmm. sunrise light, where it was purple and blues and a little bit of pink and gold. And I just was stunned by the beauty, but then also so frustrated with myself that I couldn't, I couldn't do a promo video. Like I was out of words. I couldn't do it. And I just started crying. I felt overwhelmed uh, by my weakness, but also overwhelmed by God's beauty and then his kindness in letting me be there. The fact that I was on that mountain getting to teach people about um, God and his word, getting to encourage them. Um, I just started crying and and, uh, sweet Sarah came up to like put her arm around me and um, just encourage me, hug me and pray for me. And so it was a really sweet moment, but it was like the mingling of weakness and frustration with God's kindness and gratitude uh, for letting me to be standing in that moment. Wow. I love it. Well, all through the study, um, I told you I was just in awe of your ability to memorize because I have, (laughs) that has not been my experience. And even my dear with the teleprompter, I'm still just a mess. (laughs) It is hard. That's why mine are so short. I'm like 10 to 15 minutes. That's all I got. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you pack so much truth into those 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I know women are going to really be blessed by this study. Thank you, Joanna. What's the Lord talking to you about lately? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think... Okay, this is what he's talking to me. I mean, there's a few things, but this is coming to mind. Um, another thing that the most recent wilderness season taught me was um, he. It was another re- reorientation where I think I got a lot of my identity and a lot of energy, if that makes sense, for doing projects or for like songwriting, leading worship writing, writing a Bible study, a lot of that energy came from, Ooh, I want to do this. Cause I want to be, um, I want people to like what I put out there or be impressed or, um, I'll know, you know, well, this is what I'm supposed to do because I'm a worship leader. I'm a Bible study writer. I'm an author. And so a lot of my projects, I think they were, they're good and they're right. And the Lord worked in them and I was supposed to do them, but I think he is, um, he is starting to untangle my identity from mm, the projects. Yeah. 
And so what was interesting, how he did it though, was that I wasn't finding the same satisfaction in it anymore. Like mm. I was like, oh, I don't, I know, you know, the Lord uses me when I lead worship, but gosh, I just don't have a lot of energy for that right now. And I think before I would, I would think, well, then I'm not supposed to do it. You know, maybe that's the Lord saying, okay, well, you put it up for a while. And, but then I keep getting opportunities to do it and I am serving faithfully there and there's fruit. And I feel like the Lord is saying now, no, it's just in its right place in your life Mm -hmm. now. And you're going to have to get used to just being faithful with your gifts and your opportunities. Um, and, and know that your primary identity is just your mind, your mind, you are loved by me and you, I, you get to do these things and to wear these hats sometimes, but your primary hat that you're wearing is, is, is mine, your mind. Mm. And, and so I think that's what the Lord's showing me. He's, he's not showing me, well, you don't have energy for it because you're not supposed to do it anymore. It's well, you're at a healthier place now than you were. And, and you're doing it out of glad and obedience to me and out of an overflow of just this deep well of not having to identify, uh, uh, define yourself by those things, but being defined by me and my love for you. Wow. Wow. That's so beautiful. Well, there are so many things that we could talk about. I know. I just would. I'm excited to get to know you better. I don't know how we're going to do it. I figure it out. I love you. We got to figure it out. You know, I I just think of that woman out there that maybe maybe she's realizing. Oh, yeah. I, I really haven't centered my myself around God as much as what I do for God. Mm-hmm. And needing to find that identity apart from her giftings. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a woman who goes, wow, I am so in the wilderness and I don't yeah. think it's ever going to end. I would just love it if you'd pray for for all of us. We're, I know the Holy Spirit will lead you uh, in your prayer because we're all at different places and yet we serve the same wonderful God. Mm-hmm. Would you just end our time together with a prayer? I would love to. Father, I thank you that you know every woman that's listening to this right now. You know where they are. You know where they've been. You know where they're going. You know what's heavy on their hearts. You know what their hearts are aching to hear from you. And so, Lord, I pray um, if there was something that just stirred up in them as Joanna and I spoke, that that you would just highlight that for them mm-hmm. and that you would just confirm to them that, yes, I'm speaking to you, my beloved daughter. I love you. And um, this word is for you. And it is for um, your encouragement and for an exhortation to keep going and to know that I love you and that my love is not predicated upon your obedience or your performance or how perfect you feel like you're doing life. It is predicated just on my grace, on the gospel, that I loved you before you could do anything Mm -hmm. to please me. And so um, I just, I bless those women. I thank you for the woman who is wanting, wanting her life to be a living sacrifice for you, wanting to serve you, wanting to find her purpose. Um, Lord, I thank you that that is a good and right pursuit 
Lord, I pray that she would know that satisfaction comes in being yours and yours alone. And that as you root that deep in her, um, that out of that would come these opportunities to, um, for her purpose, to live out her purpose, to be that masterpiece that she would see the works that you have already, mm. you already have for her to walk in. Um, and, and that there's no work big or small in your eyes, that it's all big and good work. And um, whatever that might look for her, um, that, that just that step of obedience um, that rerouting herself and who you are and that what she can do for you. Um, and Lord, for the woman in the wilderness who is tired, um, who feels undone, who wants to shake her fist at the sky and say, God, where are you? I thank you that um, you are not far from her. Yes. And that you have not lost her. Mm. And that her wanderings are not unknown mm. to you and that you have purpose for Thank that, you, that, that it's not punishment, um, but you are, it, it is out of love that you are allowing this wilderness season. And I pray that she would not wander, that she would not give up mm. on trusting you and having faith in you, yes. but that she would say, God, your grace is sufficient for me. I trust you. Even when I can't see you, even when I can't feel you, I trust you. Yes. And Lord, would you give her some breadcrumbs? Would mm. you give her just a little, Hey, I see you. I am here. Even when it feels like I'm not, yeah. I am here. And pray that. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can find um, just our faith built up by studying your word, seeing what you're like, who you are, how you how you interact with your people. Um, it's such a good reminder to us that this is who you still are. This yeah. is still what you're about mm -hmm. and that you are still with your people and you're moving. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our helper and uh, that you are real, that you are here, that you're moving. Um, and so I'm just so grateful. Um, Lord, I, I just bless these women. I bless Joanna and her ministry and this podcast. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Though you might feel like you're in the wilderness, I hope today's episode helped you realize that you're not alone. God is with you. Your strong older brother is waiting to help you and strengthen you. And the Holy Spirit, who lives within you and me, wants to help us navigate the dark, dry times, as well as those times when everything is going well. He wants to provide us water to drink. He wants to be the pillar of cloud by day to shield us from the heat and the pillar of fire by night to shield us from the cold. You can find all of Lauren's wonderful stuff over at her website, laurachandler.com, but be sure to follow her online as well. And you can find social media links over at today's show notes. I've never enjoyed the wilderness, I have to confess, but I can tell you from experience, I have met God there more powerfully than those mountaintop times. So no matter what you're going through, just reach out and take his hand. Allow him to lead you and he'll help you. He'll help you be fruitful in this wilderness season so that you live and love and lead like Jesus, even when you're walking in the dark. God bless you, my friend. <music>